welcome back to Brainchild, a place to unlock your potential in life and in your career. It's your host Patricia, coming to you from my new place. If you didn't know already, I moved out of my parents' house and into my own place about two weeks ago. I've been putting together the house like a real adult and adjusting to this new lifestyle of not having my parents around. And I'm starting to regain my rhythm in my everyday routine, so that's a relief. It's my first time living by myself completely without family or without roommates. And I definitely want to talk more about the transition into adulthood that I've been experiencing. But for today's episode, I have an exciting collaboration with Amy and Jenny. So, Amy and Jenny are two content creators on YouTube who run the channel 20-somethings. And they are best friends who met each other back in the days when they were in college at UCLA. And they talk everything about being in your 20s, from your career to relationship, giving advice to those different things, surviving the quarter-life crisis, and I thought it would be an amazing opportunity to connect with these ladies from the opposite side of the world because they had a few more years of experience living in the post-grad life than I have. Also, we all work very different jobs. So Amy has a full-time corporate job at Disney. Jenny is working full-time at a startup and I am a freelancer who is doing radio broadcasting. So we have so many enriching stories to share coming from different perspective about our careers, being content creators, and everything in between, like managing your life so that you can do both. And since this is a collab, the full conversation of the call will be on this episode as you're listening right now. And you can also check out the video version of our conversation on the 20-somethings channel. I will leave the link below in the description. Go check it out. The video is amazing, to the point. It's about 10 minutes long and definitely short and sweet. So if this sounds interesting to you, stay tuned and you won't be disappointed. Hello, guys. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> How is everyone doing? <laughs> okay, this is actually our very first podcast, so we have no idea what we're doing, but thank you, Patricia, for inviting us. This is very nice oh. of you. Well, thank you for agreeing to do the collab. It's my first time doing a video podcast collab as well, so very excited to do this. And thank you for your patience. You know, this took a lot longer than I expected to set up, but we were finally starting so yeah we have like a camera setup and an audio setup and a zoom setup mm -hmm. so I think we're good to go I just wanted to get started by talking about how I discovered you two of you just graduated from UCLA about two years ago right um it's actually been longer uh oh, I think we're okay. about four four years out of college now. 2017 crazy Amy yeah right it's been okay. a hot minute yeah. mm -hmm. okay so I just graduated, as I shared before, and while I was just searching for post-grad life, I discovered your channel, the 20-somethings channel on YouTube, and I was very inspired by the conversations that the two of you had, and it was really cool that, you know, you are best friends from college and are creating something together. 
So yeah, I'm so excited to have you on the show and also to collab with you. We're going to talk about something special today. Last time we had a meeting before this call and it was about just being a new creator and our experiences that came with that. So do you want to talk about your channel and how long you've been doing it, what the channel is about? Yeah, so we've been doing our channel for almost a year, not quite there, but almost. And we basically started it because Jenny and I used to like sit in the car till 5am together, just like talking about all things life related. And when we graduated, you know, we had a bunch of questions and we didn't really have anyone to ask, you know, we would do like a typical Google search and get like really cheesy answers of like, how to find a job and like they, they all seemed very outdated and i think jenny and i just wanted to create a space where we could normalize a lot of the feelings that follow postgrad but also just create a space that like we wish we had you know when we first graduated so i think a lot of times our sentiment is that our audience will almost mature or like grow older with us because we really talk about things that are very prevalent in our lives in a day-to-day -day. and it I think Jenny puts it really well because she says it's like um what do you call it like mm -hmm. we're soothing ourselves what's the word um I don't know what you're referring to but I think what Amy's <laughs> saying is like a lot of this like we call 20 somethings like our uh like our passion project love mm -hmm. child whatever because mm -hmm. it's in a way it helps us process what we're going through now or what we went through in the past and it almost mm -hmm. like solidifies a lot of the learnings for us and cathartic, cathartic, cathartic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes very cathartic for us uh -huh. and i guess like one of the pros of the pandemic at least for amy and i was mm -hmm. that it gave us a lot of time back and mm -hmm. we decided to start 20 somethings with that time so that's how everything started Mm -hmm. And that is very productive as well. You're creating value for other people while having fun with your best friend. Yeah, we're just surprised people watch us regardless. Amy and I were just saying like, how did Patricia find us? We're so tiny, you know oh what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess we're hitting some type of nerve. Mm -hmm. Similar to you, I wanted to get my story out there. I wanted to do content creation and I just stumbled upon the world of podcasting last year. And it's really cool how... I've gotten to talk to so many people I didn't think I would. Like, if I didn't have a podcast, I don't think I would have had the audacity to reach out to you and just be like, hey, can we like chat for a bit? But this is a perfect excuse for me to have this conversation with you as well. Yes, likewise. Do you want to, so to my audience who may not know you, do you want to briefly introduce yourself and what you do for work? Yeah, I can go first. Um, so I'm Jenny, and like Amy, also graduated from UCLA. Uh, class of 2017, and I was actually doing something very different than what I'm doing now, which is very common. Um, I graduated with a degree in biology, was a pre-med all four years, mm -hmm. and many, many years later, um, now I landed uh, in, the, in the tech world, um, and I currently work at Notion as a program manager. So I'm currently on the corporate side. I work at Disney, and I would say that my, I was a communications major, I interned at entertainment companies, and now I'm at Disney. So, you know, it's been pretty unpredictable and, and unexpected. But I think if you look at the trajectory, I guess it connects a little better. Mm -hmm. uh, and so yeah, I'm in the world of like marketing and advertising. And 
I would say that I've been working for about three to four years now. Uh, just for your audience who may not know me, I'm Patricia and I just graduated about a month and a half ago and I started my job as a freelance broadcaster in Korea. So I do a lot of English radio shows here, lots of talking and writing. It's been really exciting for me, but who knows what's going to happen in the years to come. So this introduction was very important because the topic we're going to talk about is being a creator and also balancing our work. I thought it was also interesting how we were in very different work environments. Like Amy is in a corporate world, Jenny is working with a startup, and I'm a freelancer. So let's start with, how do you think your content creation experience had helped you with your job? We talked about how it has benefited us in ways not expected at first. So I can go first. I think for me, um, and probably people can also relate during the pandemic, you find yourself in a pretty different working environment. And I think there's a lot of like logistical things that you have to get used to, but there's also a lot of like emotional management involved um, working mm -hmm. in COVID. For instance, with, with my company, you know, a lot of people that I worked with were furloughed. So I think there's just a lot of like emotion surfacing. And I think as Jenny and I shared, our channel is very cathartic to us and we process a lot of what we're going through on our channel. So for me, I was able to see that I could um, healthily manage my emotions, which is very important because they spill into work. And it's actually like one of the, one of our future upcoming videos where we talk about, you know, relationships at work that's such a big part of your day to day and no one talks mm -hmm. about it. And a lot of relationships are based on those emotions. So I think that in order to really bring um, a good side of yourself to work, you need to also process the emotions that you're having at work. And I'm able to do that with Jenny through our YouTube, kind of under like a greater umbrella of like, you know, sharing what we've learned. And so I think having that set time to really like sit and process my emotions has been very helpful for me, like in a work setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what Amy touched on, which was basically um, your work and your personal life is always kind of more intertwined than we all mm -hmm. think, right? And I think in that same way, like I've I've also seen, you know, things spill over, even though in the on the surface, I would definitely say it's like two totally different things, right? But I think mm -hmm. like two things come from mine. And I think Amy, I think we talked about this too. Where like the first one was just like getting better at like public speaking. Mm -hmm. Like I cannot tell you in the beginning, it was so hard to talk in front of a camera and just like talk on demand. But you know, we've done, I don't know, 30 videos so far. And I think that's actually helped at work with like presentations and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's one. Uh, and I think uh, the other one that comes to mind is just like basic storytelling. Like, mm -hmm. I think a lot of like what Amy and I try to do is um, what's something that we've personally experienced and like, what have we learned and being able to consolidate that and share it in a way that's like easy, easy for others to understand um, mm -hmm. is something that has helped at work too. So yeah, I would agree as well. I would say as a broadcaster, public speaking and just speaking on the mic is very directly related to my career. So with the practice of brainchild and trying to tell different stories and thinking about how can I capture other people's stories, I'm borrowing the words from Oprah Winfrey. She's one of my mentors and role model, but she said, I feel like I am a surrogate audience for the people watching. So I have to be like flexible minded and always think about what people are, who are watching or listening to the show 
is going to wonder about the other guests. So that's what I try to do. Also with the pandemic, communicating with another person in the flesh is limited. So I got better at, I would say, picking up cues of sometimes when I'm on a call and I'm not able to see the face of the other person, I can still read kind of what they're feeling uh, with the tone of their voice because I trained myself to pick up those little cues in their voice. So that was a cool thing as well. That I- That's a good one, especially if like lag is not an issue if if there's lag it's a lot more difficult but that's a good one (laughs) so you talked about content creation telling stories and what were some of the content types that maybe you put out because it was a fun conversation but it ended up getting a lot of traction from the audience you want to share yours first (laughs) um i think just like okay so i did one video about like what no one tells you about working at a startup and mm-hmm. literally didn't expect anything from it. My primary reason was like, it was very relevant for me, given mm-hmm. that Notion is going through a hyper growth phase. And there's a lot of things that I've been learning during my uh, two year tenure there. And I just mm-hmm. kind of shared like the typical journey and people just started watching it like random people. Um, so mm-hmm. that was like pretty cool to see. And like one example of something that's been like very unexpected, yeah. I think another series that's doing pretty well for us right now is our quarter life Mm -hmm. crisis series. And we decided to do this because Jenny and I just turned 26 this year. So you kind of feel like, damn, like Mm -hmm. I'm in the mid 20s now. Like it's kind of different. And so, yeah, it's so weird. So we were like, okay, like, you know, there's like obviously the struggles of like graduating and finding your first job, but it actually like mm-hmm. doesn't end there. Like you work and you're like, wait, mm-hmm. there's that's actually like just the beginning. And there's so many mm-hmm. things like one thing that Jenny and I were struggling with is we were like, our job is not our life calling. And like, mm-hmm. how do we reconcile our day to day with that? Knowing that like, maybe I'm not in my dream job or maybe like you'll never find that like perfect dream job that you're looking for. And I think mm-hmm. that's a thought that starts hitting you as you start working and you see the reality of like a nine to five. And I feel like that series um, resonated with people because it really resonated with us, right? Like it's really like what we're going through right now. And I think that mm-hmm. like, what do they say? Like the most personal is the most creative. And so right. I think that was a series where it was like, okay, like, when we really like put ourselves out there and are just vulnerable and we're just like, guys, we have no idea like what we're doing, but we're here yep. for it. Like, I think those tend to actually do like better than we think it will. Mm-hmm. And no one talks about like the the ugly stuff, you know, like the struggles right. of like early, tw- early mid 20 experiences. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite things that we've done on our channel. Right. I am seeing a little more content of people like our age talking about their struggles. I think it's become more normalized now that content creation is more of an everyday thing than for a few special people. But yeah, I think that's also great because we can also build a community around like this is me building my community with you guys. I also was struggling with job searching my senior year and that's why I was very consumed with the thought of post-grad life and my career and I think I typed in like post-grad life and then found your channel so the videos that I was first attracted to were the ones that you you were talking about uh, working at Disney and then you were talking about startup because like I had no idea where I would be working up to like the last month before graduating 
So I think a lot of people may be wondering, like you mentioned that the search isn't over even when you finally get a job offer and you start your job, right? Assuming that you are enjoying the jobs that you're in, um, Mm -hmm. what is the next thought? For example, I was talking to my writer from my radio show like two days ago, and she's about 10 years older than I am. But even she was still having the concerns and thoughts that I never thought I would have after college. She's thinking like, what am I doing with my life? And is this really the path that I should continue to go down? And so I think a lot of people would be wondering like, what goes through your head once you start that dream job that you wanted? So I can start. I think first, Mm -hmm. there's so many different spheres of jobs. So like I always say in my channel that the job I'm in right now, I didn't even know existed. So I think it's hard Mm -hmm. to like predict what your dream job might be, because especially in this day and age, it might just not exist yet. Like we just really don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. And then my other thought, which I'm blanking on was, oh, so I feel like as a person, we all acknowledge that we have the capacity to like grow and change, which Mm -hmm. means that like what you want can change and your values can also change to an extent. And I think when you attribute like this dream job, you're almost forgoing the idea that like that can also evolve with you, right? Mm -hmm. So when I had my first job, I had like an idea of what I thought I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I thought I would be at that first company forever. And like, Mm -hmm. I obviously wasn't. And now that I'm in this job, the idea of what I want now is like different. And I think it's because you get exposure to different facets that you didn't have before. So it really Mm -hmm. like grows, the way that like you view life, the way that like you see things around you. So for instance, like the role I'm in right now is very relational and I'm realizing like, oh, like I always said I was a people person, but I definitely like want to be in a role where I'm working with like a lot of different cross-functional partners because I just really love understanding how each team's approach like a project together and like how um, everyone comes in with a different perspective. And that's Mm -hmm. not something I knew at my first job because it was like a smaller company. So I didn't have like the exposure that I have right now at Disney where there's like, I don't even know how many people are employed by Disney, like probably in the thousands. But um, so I think that like, yeah, like the capacity to grow and change not only um, extends to you, but also like your desires and like what you want for your future self. I like what Amy said about like, the job that I have now like didn't exist right like that whole thing Mm -hmm. Um, and that kind of makes me think about I have always been the person and I guess I still am where I like to plan everything like I just Mm -hmm. want I just like to know in advance but I think in the last few years I've kind of started to let that go in the Mm -hmm. sense where like I can't control what's in my future and Mm -hmm. what the market where the market will be But what I know now is like, what am I curious about right now? And like, Mm -hmm. what is something that is interesting? And kind of just like following that in the moment and seeing Mm -hmm. where that leads me to next Mm -hmm. um, has kind of been my approach on this whole, like, how do you, where do you see your career going? And Mm -hmm. um, it makes things interesting, right? And Mm -hmm. uh, it also reduces stress because I feel (laughs) like if you try to plan your next 10 years, it, it, it feels very overwhelming and daunting. And like, frankly speaking, you don't need to know what your 10 years are, are, are going to look like. So that's been like my personal like stance on and like mm-hmm. how that's evolved from when I first graduated. A lot of my friends are, they tell me that they are jealous because I am doing something out of the ordinary. Like they can see that I'm having a lot of fun at my job. 
But with that comes also like the concerns with being a freelancer because it's it wouldn't be a weird thing if I wasn't called back to the shows I was working for tomorrow. Like I can never predict what's going to happen to me next week or the next month. And so I try to not be so fearful of that because that becomes counterproductive to the work that I'm trying to show. So I try to live day to day and that's what I've been doing the past month but in the back of my mind I think I do have a little bit of a concern about okay but like what's gonna happen next year where am I going to be and what will I be doing so like how do you balance not planning ahead too far but also knowing that you will need to be flexible and you may need to have a plan b oh Amy go ahead I think you Mm -hmm. you had a thought I was just going to say, I actually started off as a contractor at Disney. So it's like the Mm -hmm. same situation as you where it's like, technically, they could just like, let me go the next day, something like COVID could hit and I could be out of a job. And I was contracting Mm -hmm. for six months. Um, I was contracting for six months. And I didn't know what was going to happen at the end of six months. But the reason I decided to go for a contracting role, even though I'm kind of a control freak, is because I felt like I had to really exercise that muscle of like risk taking. Because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, like, we may like fool ourselves that like, we have the plan of our life that we can follow. But like, life is so unpredictable that it's, it's never going to happen that way. And I kind of wanted to take myself out of that bubble of like, where I was like, sheltering myself by like, being a little naive thinking like, this is the way it's going to go because that's how I want it to go. And Mm -hmm. so I think contracting at Disney really opened me up to just like being a lot more flexible, you know, and I Mm -hmm. think that flexibility also allowed room for like gratitude because like I would have a really bad day at work, but I'd be like, you know what? I'm really happy that I'm here because I could also just not be here because I could get, you know, I could lose my job or whatever if um, I'm freelancing or contracting. So I think that like having that like risk taking, like using that muscle, you can only build it by actually like leveraging it. And so I think that like what you're doing now too, I think it will actually really help you down later in the road because you'll be able to like address that ambiguity and that like almost fear of the known, like a lot better than other people your age might be. And sooner or later, it all hits everyone. You know, like when I first started job hunting, I thought I was the only one that was taking like six months to job hunt. But now on the other side, I have friends who have a job who want to leave their jobs and it still also takes them like six months, right? So. Everyone goes through the same experiences. It's just like a matter of when. And I think everyone just has different tolerances too. So what is like risk-taking for you might be a different, uh, like won't be a risk to someone else or like vice Mm -hmm. versa, right? So I feel Mm -hmm. like in that sense, like everyone has their own journey, right? I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, Um, that was good. (laughs) Okay, One, one other thing that came to mind when you were talking, Amy, was, um, have you ever heard of that quote about like having strong opinions, uh, like strong opinions, but loosely held? Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I kind of like to think about goal setting in that way, in a sense, we're like, okay, it's good to have goals for this month and the next quarter and maybe the year. But like, if they don't happen, like, it's fine. And it's okay to like, be malleable with that. So mm-hmm. I guess like, to your original question, Patricia, like in the terms of like, how are you okay with, you know, not knowing the next couple months or years, but also like feeling some sense of control in the day to day, because mm-hmm. as like humans, we all need that, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of, that that like popped into my head. So thought I'd share. 
Yeah, thank you for that. I used to feel like very guilty because like I would start doing something and then plans change, life happens and I don't stick with it. So I used to feel like flaky, but I feel a lot more comfortable like knowing that I can pivot and it's just how life is going to be. One decision or rule I stick by is like when I'm making a decision, I make sure it's out of excitement and happy emotions. So I have to be like over the top excited to start something. I try not to make decisions based on fear. Starting something because I don't want to lose something or I want to prevent something from happening. And that has helped me a lot. And then the little bit of insecurity I have just being unstable with my job actually does push me to live every day to the fullest. So I think a little bit of stress is always helpful. (laughs) And also like fear, yes. But the other thing too is like obligation. I guess Mm -hmm. like for me, Amy and I are both so responsibility driven that Mm -hmm. like we were talking the other day, like, hey, like I think we've gotten so much better about not just doing things out of obligation. And if Mm -hmm. it like is something we actually don't want to do, like we will just say no, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's a growth. It's been a growth area for us. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say Jenny and I had to have like a quarter like check in with their video because we were mm-hmm. like, we're filming all these videos because we are telling ourselves we have to stick to like a certain schedule, but mm-hmm. we actually don't. And if it's going to be like a shitty video, we're just going <laughs> to scrap it, you know? Yeah, so, exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you think the sense of responsibility just was taught as you're growing up or do you think you were always like that? I think it always mm-hmm. starts with family, mm-hmm. you know, like family dynamic. What's the role that you typically took on? um within your siblings within your parents etc so i think it starts with from that but i think it's also mm-hmm. just like a, a built-in like learn a personality thing too mm-hmm. yeah i think for me i'm sure you can relate to this patricia but i think responsibility really kicked in for me like when i left korea and like i left my family and then i moved right. to america even though like i had lived here before like it was really different coming here as like an adult like Uh, apostrophes for people who can't see Um, like coming Mm -hmm. here as an adult and kind of having to do everything on my own like setting up my own bank getting my own Mm -hmm. driver's license getting my first car like those are all I think things that really stressed me out in the moment but like those are all things that helped me become like a lot more independent where like Mm -hmm. I feel like you would kind of drop me anywhere and I would learn I would figure it out because I was kind of put under pressure, like you said, and that little bit of stress, like really helped me become a responsible adult. So that's still something Mm -hmm. that like, I'm thankful for. And, you know, I think also like in college, like, it's a little different, because you still do have your family support, even if they're not physically next to you. So I think that was a really good time for me to learn a lot of that responsibility. Yeah, I am trying to take on more responsibility because I am actually moving out of my parents' house and moving into my own place in two weeks. So that's going to be a big change. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, if you want to make videos about like adulting life and financing and all of that, definitely do that because I will be watching those as well. <laughs> okay, noted. Mm-hmm. We needed some <laughs> ideas. So let's go in our idea bank. Oh, I actually wanted to ask about like, since it's the two of you who are creating this together, how do you have a weekly schedule of when you're going to meet to do the calls? Or is it just like one of you have a cool idea for a content and then you're like, 
texting the other person, oh, are you free tonight? How does that all work? Okay, so the reason why I'm laughing, for those who can't see, is that Amy and I are like pretty like neurotic about it. So we're both <laughs> like very like organized people. And in mm -hmm. the beginning, it was a mess. Like, for example, <laughs> we would be at work and just like constantly texting about like Ooh. random ideas. And mm -hmm. it, it, it came to a point where Amy was in Korea and I was in Chicago and the communication was just breaking, right? Because mm -hmm. the time zone and everything. So we actually ended up uphauling everything and putting it into Notion um, okay. as like our main like project management, whatever. So we basically have this whole database of like all these ideas and uh, um, every page is we have like a template where we like map out what are these what are these ideas what's the outline the script and then separately we have like a task database where we oh. like assign tasks to each other and uh, that's just how we get it done mm. so i think we are just very systematic <laughs> yeah i was gonna say so do you take turns like responding to emails and like the dms on instagram as well amy's better at that Okay. Yeah, I think Jenny's really good at responding to the YouTube comments, I would say. Mm -hmm. I think it really depends because we, we're also just like chatting about our daily life, you know, yeah. like aside from YouTube. So I think both of us are intuitive enough where we know if the other person is like really busy at work or like stressed out, we'll kind of like handle a lot of things. So like we even split up like who edits the video, but who edits like the thumbnails and stuff. And Ooh. sometimes like, you know, if Jenny or I can tell that the other person is having a hard time, we're not like, it's your turn, so you have to do it. You know, we'll just do it. And we'll be like, hey, it's up here if you want to check it out. So yeah. I think that's why like the, the friendship part works because we're not like an ear for an ear type of <laughs> work mentality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we just like intuitively picked up like a system and cadence that works for us. And like, mm -hmm. we both also don't mind like doing the extra line of work if necessary. I think for us, it's about, let's just post a great video that we feel good about. That's all mm -hmm. we care about at the end of the day. Do you think that also content creation and running the YouTube channel changed the dynamic of your relationship? Because you did talk about how you used to have these conversations before anyway, staying up until 5 a.m., but now it's going to be like in videos and people are going to see it. And so did you roll into a new phase of a relationship where it's a friendship, but also on top of that, it's almost like a business partner relationship? I can answer like a really like top line thing and then you can I'll send it to you Jenny but I think like in adult <laughs> friendships it's mm -hmm. so hard to like keep in touch right like I think right. that's like inevitable because you have your own life honestly like most of my day is at work so I talk a lot to like my colleagues you know I'm talking to them all the time but I think mm -hmm. with friendships it's a little hard and so I think if anything like this having this YouTube together keeps us like more um involved in each other's like day-to-day -day and like big things that are happening but also sometimes jenny and i will text each other like this happened i'm gonna process it but i feel like it could be a good video idea so we're always like you know trying to take our experiences and uh really manifest it into a video more mm -hmm. for like self-centered reasons like oh like i think it'll be really good because then i can also process it and like take away mm -hmm. what i learned um and i think that like that's what I've seen so far. Yeah, I think you hit it on the nose. Um, I think it definitely added another dimension to our friendship to exactly answer your question. Um, and I, I guess I learned that like, Amy and I work really well together, like oh, yeah. in a more like 
more like a, I don't know, I, I wouldn't use the term business, but I guess that type of, yeah. I don't know. Okay. The better word is more of like, working. A, we have a good working relationship. There you go. We have a good partnership and <laughs> we're very compatible. So I guess mm -hmm. that's something we've also learned. Yeah. I That's when you know it's meant to be. I think people would also want to hear about our content creation experience. Going back to that, because we're both relatively new at it. So do you have any tips or advice for people who are thinking of also starting a YouTube channel who are not sure what kind of stories they may want to share? I think the first um, one is like, whenever you start any hobby or project, like you gotta be excited about it. You gotta wanna spend the time because I think one thing we learned is that, wow, YouTube takes up a lot of time. Yeah. It's no joke. So mm -hmm. I guess like our number one thing is like, we needed to really care about the content we posted. Is this something that we would watch ourselves, mm -hmm. right? So that's that's one thing that comes to mind for me. Mm -hmm. hmm. I would say that like your first video doesn't have to define your channel. And I think that's like a big pressure that a lot of people put on themselves. It's like, oh, I made this video about postgrad, so all my content is gonna be about postgrad. And, you know, if Jenny and I did that, I think we would have run out of topics by now. And also it wouldn't like excite us, like Jenny was mm -hmm. saying, like it, it wouldn't like make us want to do it. So I think like, you know, let your channel like evolve and grow because a lot of times like what you think is interesting is actually like pretty different from what other people find interesting about you. So I would just mm -hmm. say like, don't let like your beginning videos or even your most popular video necessarily like fully dictate like what your channel is going to look like if you are doing it like us as small content creators out of like enjoyment because you already have like or we already have like day jobs that we report into this is something that we really want to have freedom and flexibility with and to really like do things like in our control you know things that we actually want to do so that would be my advice yeah i definitely 100 percent agree with you both of you i think also because my job is similar to podcasting a little bit i try to make it all about my interests and like very self-centered topics because like working in the radio your producer or your writer will tell you what to talk about the topics what to write about but this is the space that i can go uh, full out on just my interests and my own thoughts and exploring them so I think the most sustainable way is to follow your heart at the moment. And I think in the long run, you will see that you have built a personal brand over time. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And I guess the last thing that comes to mind is just mm -hmm. not caring about what people will think when mm -hmm. you put yourself out there. And I think in the beginning, Amy and I were always like, oh, like kind of feeling self-conscious, like, ooh, yeah. like, are people going to judge us? <laughs> but I think we like, you know, we got rid of that pretty quickly. We're like, honestly, like mm -hmm. we're doing this for fun and it's something like we're actually creating something and mm -hmm. sharing it with other people. And that felt really good, you know? So just not caring because no one is really thinking about you. And at the end That's of the great. day, like you end up with something that you can be proud of. And mm -hmm. I would just say like, don't be afraid to validate yourself. Like I feel like a lot of times people like to acknowledge they're doing a good job like once it's been acknowledged by other people whether that be like the mm -hmm. number of subscribers they have or their friends saying things to them and that's something I really learned is like I want to acknowledge myself you know if I think I'm doing a good job and that's not shown 
to me necessarily by like the number of people subscribed to us or like how many mm -hmm. views a video gets. Like we really like this video we did about summing up 2020 to process it. And it's one of our <laughs> favorite videos. It didn't do that well, but I'm no, like, you know, <laughs> but I'm like, you know what? Like I'm proud of it and I'm gonna validate my own video because that's the one that I really enjoyed making. Absolutely. Wow. I love that video, but no one watched it. Have you told your friends and family and coworkers about the channel? Yeah, I would say that um, it's really cute because like a lot of my coworkers are actually like subscribed. So they'll always oh. send like really nice long Slack messages, which like mm -hmm. I'll screenshot and send to Jenny. And so I think like in the beginning, the people around you are like a big encouragement because Jenny and I at first, like when we had less than 100 subscribers, we would have mm -hmm. really encouraging friends or family members and we would actually screenshot it and like save it in an album between the two of us because oh, we were like, cute. we need yeah. some like support, you know, because it was yeah. like a grind. And I think over time now we're lucky enough for other people that we don't even know to find our content and to re write really, really nice comments that are so encouraging. It literally just like, you know, say that we're having a bad day at work. It just like makes our day, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, I helped someone today. It feels so good. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, we're really thankful to be in that position now. Um, yeah, I remember getting my first direct message from somebody I didn't know that happened to find Brainchild. Like I told my parents about it. It made my whole day. And I should take a screenshot of it and save it in my album as well. <laughs> we call it our mental cookie jar. Ooh, I like it. Yes, it's inspired <laughs> by the uh, book Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Highly recommend mm -hmm. it. It's a really great read. Okay, is it about... So, Go on. It's about this like badass Navy SEAL guy that talks about his journey of like, you know, being someone who you would never imagine being like a Navy SEAL to someone who has like the toughest mental grit and mentality than you that you can imagine. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just like a super inspiring read and he's also really funny. So mm -hmm. and yeah, so highly he, recommend. Yeah, he mm -hmm. says like when things get tough, he takes a cookie out of his mental cookie jar and he eats it. So we did a video on that too. Yeah, we did. Okay. Is it cute cookie jar? Yeah, yeah that is so really cute. Mm -hmm. We did not coin that. We definitely you stole it from David Goggins. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're comfortable with running this channel, do you think of ever expanding the channel or brand onto another platform? We Is have that an Instagram the... that we like always say that we're going to use and we don't. So <laughs> I feel like right now, especially because we're like working full time, doing YouTube every week, I feel like it's just every week we do it. I'm like, wow, like yeah, we did it again. Actually, it's so funny. You know that um, like database I was mentioning on Notion? So we have like all the video ideas, right? And we, ha we mm -hmm. have like associated tags. So it's like, oh, this one's editing status or like this one hasn't started. <laughs> like my favorite part is when I change the tag to published. I'm like, oh, yeah, we published yes. that. Anyway, it's just a little quirk, but. I love yeah, I, I always leave it for Jenny because she gets so much satisfaction from it <laughs> that I do. So I just like leave it yeah. there and then I get like a notification like publish. Publish. <laughs> I like scrolling nice. through my channel and 
looking at all the episodes like stack up it gets longer and longer the more I post so that's very satisfying yes that's my guilty pleasure too I don't think Jenny does that but I definitely like go on it from time to time and I'm like oh my gosh like we have so many videos I know it's funny how like the human psychology works right like when you have like a going streak it almost makes you more motivated to keep going Mm-hmm. It's like that golden that, star we've been, um, mm-hmm. it, that's been ingrained in us. I know, mm-hmm. right? I used I to feel like super guilty about skipping a week. But now like, I try to be more consistent, even if it's not a perfect episode and it's not as long. It, it, even if it's like a 10 minute episode where I'm talking by myself. James Clear actually says, you, you reminded me, James Clear says done is better than perfect. So mm. that's kind of like our, our mentality too. Yeah. I mean, when we first started in the beginning, we were thinking about like, oh, should we just like film 10 videos in advance and Mm -hmm. then start posting it? And then Mm -hmm. we later changed our minds. We're like, no, let's just like make one video, like publish it and like just quickly get feedback. Mm -hmm. And we did that and we actually improved pretty fast. I think when I was starting out, I saw, I'm sure you guys know Pat Flynn. He's like a famous guru for content creators who are just about to get started. He also talks a lot about passive income, but he actually played a footage or recording of him like when he first started out podcasting like 12 years ago. And you could tell the stark differences in his confidence and his voice. And so when I heard that, I was like, yeah, it's okay for me to just come out now and evolve with time instead of trying to like build up my skills. That's never going to get perfect. Um, I was just going to say, someone was asking me, like, how do you feel when you watch like your first videos? Like, mm-hmm. is it cringy or like, you know, what, what it's like? And I was like, you know, actually, like, I feel a sense of endearment because I can still remember like how we felt when we, when we decided to start YouTube. And it almost mm-hmm. feels like a younger sister I'm looking at, you know, yeah. where I'm like, oh, like your audio sucks and your video sucks and you're trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Amy's really good about like rewatching our videos and she yeah. always texts me she's like Jenny I rewatched it and like it's still actually pretty good but like for me once we publish something like I never watch it again I'm just like oh yeah I just don't I don't know why just like okay on to the next one but I should rewatch our old stuff I should Mm. I feel like I get I'm like a very nostalgic reflective person so sometimes I'll go back and I'll be like what was I like learning back then (laughs) like you know (laughs) I don't think I'm there yet I still get shy about watching the first five episodes but I think with time, I will also look back with endearment. <laughs> Do you see your channel like evolving to be something different from what it is now? You did talk about growing with the audience, but maybe like five, ten years from now, what do you think you will talk about? And- I think simple answer is we don't know. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I know that we just did a quarter life crisis series, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when we're like 30, I think oh we'll God, do don't content. Say that. <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> I think we'll do content that is like still very personal for us because I think mm-hmm. for a few nights it's like hard to do something when like we're not too personally connected with something. So, honestly, we're just staying flexible. And I think there's a balance, right? Like we want to stay true to ourselves, but there's also like that business side of content creation where you kind of have to follow your audience as well. So I guess we're still trying to figure that out. I think sometimes like I say to Jenny, like I know that like we're in the grind, 
But like, honestly, when you see a lot of people that have gone big, they say that it's most fun when you're at like zero subscribers to like 10k. Because that's Mm -hmm. when you feel like you really have a community, but a lot of like autonomy over your channel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's like, do I wish we had more subscribers? Like, yes. But then I'm also really thankful that like, this channel can be whatever I want it to be. And Mm -hmm. I have a lot of fun doing it. And I don't have that like pressure of like monetizing to like a bunch of subscribers and like having Mm -hmm. to change the topic that we're discussing. So yeah, that didn't really answer your question. But no, I think it did. Yeah, that was a good point. Because like, looking at bigger creators, podcasters with their own writers and editors, you do then have to start thinking about the stats for your sponsor companies as well. Like they want to look into your CPM. And so if you're concerned about that, I think that would inevitably affect the content that I'm thinking of putting out and that I'm going to create. So I am enjoying at the moment that it's I'm not worrying about any of those things. But I think when I do become, I guess, bigger and I do have someone who is working with me I should also be thankful for that as well. I'm not sure like how that's going to be because the thought of losing autonomy over some of the editing and some of the work I'm doing, that still scares me. But I guess we all have to get used to it if for the growth of the channel. <laughs> okay, the reason why I'm laughing is like I recalled an earlier conversation I had with Amy. We are like, if we get big and we have some money coming in, we're going to outsource yeah. editing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm like, bye. <laughs> Would you ever consider like doing this full-time this being your main job I mean keep me honest because like maybe if I'm seeing like hundreds of thousands of dollars coming in I might change my mind but <laughs> I'm saying like no right now because there was actually an article that we can send to you but it was about like part-time creators so people who can actually support themselves fully doing YouTube or some form of content creation but they still decide to have a full-time job because of the different exposure they have to like relationships like how they learn in their jobs and so I feel like for me if I didn't have a full-time job like I wouldn't really have anything to talk about on my YouTube because Mm -hmm. a lot of what I experience in my day-to-day especially working with like very different personalities is like how I come up with a lot of topics that we discuss so I don't think that I would have that same like dynamic life like if I Mm -hmm. completely siloed myself into content creation unless we were like actively looking for those experiences and we could afford them but I think a lot of times like the hard stuff is like the most relatable like everyone can relate to like having a bad manager having a difficult coworker, or like how do you get a raise you know so I feel like that's like life and I don't want to like shield myself from life But again, Mm -hmm. I'm still like a small creator. So who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think the only thing I would add to that is I think if this were to be a full time thing, and it was sustainable for us to do that, I think it would change the way that we look at it. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like how we look at it right now, which is like really fun like no Mm -hmm. expectations, like we already put enough like responsibility on our shoulders with Mm -hmm. this channel already of like posting regularly. Um, So I don't think we're there yet, you know, and we're both very like into our jobs too. So Mm -hmm. if anything, I think it like makes things interesting where we have like, we can escape to like one or the other. I do Mm -hmm. enjoy the different people I've gotten to meet doing podcasting. But like you said, I think I am able to add value and more depth to my content because of everything else that's going 
on in my life outside of this as well. This is very uh, comprehensive, <laughs> I think. Yeah. No, this was a really like natural, fun conversation. Mm -hmm. Like you're a great interviewer. Oh, thank yeah. you. You guys told really great stories. So it was really easy for me. Can we end by talking about one thing that we're like happy that we did this year? Or maybe like one thing you're looking forward to for the rest of 2021? Yeah. Is this like specifically to our content? No, it can be about you. Anything that you want to talk about. So something really, really exciting happened to us. Was it in April or May? Um, it was um, API Heritage Month. So right. Yeah, I think it was April. But anyways, we got like a DM from YouTube and like Amy checks our Instagram more regularly. So she like sent me a screenshot and it was like YouTube reaching out to us like, hey, we want to feature you. And we were like, what? Is this a scam? <laughs> like, what is going on? And back then, we only had like 200 subscribers, right? Mm -hmm. And they, we, um, like a week prior, we did a video about our personal experiences as API women. So it was for Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was for yeah. Women's History Month. And we made a video on our experiences as women, but we added a twist and we did API women because of all the Asian hate crimes that were going on at the time. So we showed it like growing up as an API woman, you know, like working as an API mm -hmm. woman, like all those things, sending yes. it back to you. <laughs> and then it was like a week after we posted that video when the shooting in Georgia happened, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously that was like devastating to all of us. And we ended up like adding to that video in the description, like all of these like resources that people can reach out to. And it was just something we obviously just really cared about. And then similar timing, YouTube reached out and we thought we would be like one person out of like 20 people that they featured mm -hmm. and they just featured us. And we were wow. like, what? Yeah, totally unexpected, but it was definitely our first moment of like mm -hmm. pretty big external validation. So, yes. and it was what? like a video we cared about too. Like, I think if mm -hmm. it was one of like our morning routines one or like, here's a vlog, yeah. like it wouldn't have meant as much, but it was like, mm -hmm. wow, like, you know, hearing about the shooting in Georgia, like you just feel so helpless. And it was like, mm -hmm. in a way, like us taking back our control by like mm -hmm. doing what we could to address it. And I think having that be the feature was very like validating for us. Can I go on your channel to watch the video or what do I type in? Oh, mm -hmm. so for the YouTube feature, it's on YouTube's Instagram. But if you go okay. to our Instagram, it's our only tagged photo, which I think is kind of a flex. <laughs> but we were like, oh my gosh, what picture do we send? We had like no pictures yeah. to send. We sent um, one from like 2018. I know, I know. But we sent you a good one, Patricia. Yes. So video on YouTube on 20-somethings channel. And then also go on their Instagram account for the feature post by YouTube. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. It was just lovely to speak with you. And I hope we get to do this another time soon. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, ready, everybody? Yeah.